Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, the Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the word, pray the word, study the word, proclaim the word, and live the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness, so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. The application from last Sunday shows that being transfigured is letting the radiance of Christ shine in you and through you. This week, look for only the good points in those around you. Speak only about what is good about them. No flattery, just affirmation, and watch them go through a transfiguration right before your eyes. Try it. Well, for me, I sent an email 
to my son-in-law, telling him how I saw the radiance of Christ in him as we were in conversation the day before. It is amazing how a compliment like that can lift someone up. This was not flattery because I truly saw Christ shining forth from within him. He was talking about the Lord and his face just shone in a smile and just his mannerism was so um, reflective of the light coming out from within him. So I really did see it and I told him that. Now the question, a question uh, that we have at the top of the bread of life, each of the bread of life is, uh, there's two questions. What was a helpful or a new thought from the readings or from the homily you heard on Sunday? And from what you learned, what personal application do, did you choose to apply to your life this week? This is on last Sunday's uh, reading, which was the second Sunday of, uh, of Lent. And I went and looked in Deacon Ken's books uh, that he left us. Uh, and he wrote for his was, last week was the transfiguration. Jesus' radiance came from inside. He wants us to radiate his light. And that the light, his application was that the light of Christ is inside of me. And I am called to bring that light to all those in darkness. Anyone who does not have the light of Christ in them is in darkness. Well, for me, I wrote about the incident with my son-in-law. This incident with him, I had it in the application, was helpful for me to watch for God's presence in others and for me to express the same enthusiasm and joy in sharing Christ with others as he had. And so my application was to speak more of what Christ is doing in my life, give all the honor and glory to him when I share with others. Today is the third Sunday of Lent. The gospel is John 2, 13 to 25. As the Passover, the Jewish Passover was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple precincts, he came upon people engaged in selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and others seated, changing coins. He made a kind of whip of cords and drove sheep and oxen alike out of the temple area and knocked over the money changers' tables, spilling their coins. He told those who were selling doves, get them out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture. Zeal for your house consumes me. At this time, at, at this, the Jews responded. What sign can you show us authorizing you to do these things? Destroy this temple was Jesus' answer. And in three days, I will raise it up. They retorted, this temple took 46 years to build, and you were going to raise it up in three days? Actually, he was talking about the temple of his body. 
Only after Jesus had been raised from the dead did his disciples recall that he had said this and come to believe the scripture and the word he had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name, for they could see the signs he was performing. For his part, Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew, he knew them all. He needed no one to give him testimony about human nature. He was well aware of what was in man's heart. The word of the Lord. The question, since the Jewish Passover was near, where did Jesus go? Jerusalem. Whom did Jesus find seated in the temple? The people. And what were they doing? Engaged in selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and others seated, changing coins. Just picture the scene now as we do these questions. What did Jesus make? A whip of cords. And what did he do with it? He drove sheep and oxen alike out of the temple area. And what did he do with the coins and tables? He knocked over the money changers' tables, spilling their coins. What did Jesus say to those who sold doves? Get them out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. What did Jesus' disciples recall? The words of scripture, zeal for your house consumes me. And at this, what did the Jews say to him? What sign can you show us authorizing you to do these things? What did Jesus say about the temple? John 2, 19, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. How long did the Jews say the temple had been under construction? 46 years, long time it took them. They had no idea what he was talking about. About what was Jesus speaking? John 2, 21 says the temple of his body. Eight, what is our body? Who dwells in it within, within us? And what must we do with our body? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, you must know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you. The spirit you have received from God. You are not your own. You have been purchased at a price. So glorify God in your body. The whole message of the cross. He purchased us from that cross. We belong to him. What happened to the disciples when Jesus was raised from the dead? And what two things did they come to believe? John 2, 22. They recall what he had said. And the two things, the scripture and the word he had spoken. Power in God's word is so much power in God's word to heal. Number 10. Who reminds us of all that Jesus says? This one, 
we know this scripture in and out. I started off every week with it. John 14, 26 says the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Hopefully you have this memorized by now. But if you have trouble memorizing, just remember the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And he's here right now. He's teaching you and he's directing your ways. What made many begin to believe in his name? John 2, 23. They could see what he was doing, the signs he was performing. He was healing people. Why did Jesus not trust himself to them? Because he knew them all. And what did he understand well? He needed no one to give him testimony about human nature. He was well aware of what was in man's heart. God looks at the heart. We look at appearance. We need to start listening and understanding and knowing Jesus' heart, his sacred heart. Do we know him well enough? Are we learning about him? Is he teaching us right now? Yes. Yes, he is. How might the cross, the how might the cross of Christ be emptied of its meaning? 1 Corinthians 1 17 says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wordy wisdom, however, lest the cross of Christ be rendered void of its meaning. We got to know the cross with the heart. Look at Jesus. It was the heart that he went to that cross. His heart was broken for his people, but he took on us, our sins, to bring us back to himself. He loves us so much. He went to that cross. He did it out of obedience. And obedience is the core of healing. Obedience is the core of love. Jesus says, if you love me, you will do what I tell you. My words, you'll obey my words. You will obey what I say. I only say it because I, I love you so much. And I want you to have an abundant life. Because when you obey, obey my word, he says, then you, you will have peace and joy and all that comes with it. What did God choose from the world and what did Jesus become to us, for us? 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 29, and 31 says, God chose those whom the world considers absurd to shame the wise. He singled out the weak of this world to shame the strong so that mankind can do no boasting before God. God it is who has given you life in Christ Jesus. He has made him our wisdom and also our justice, our sanctification and our redemption. This is just as you find it written. Let him who would boast, boast in the Lord. It's all about him, not about us. Personal. How can profiting and making money be a stumbling block to your temple, your body? 
Deacon Ken said in one of his books, because the love of money is the root of all evil. It causes distractions, temptations, even death of your soul. And I answered that question. It can take you away from Christ and make you focus on yourself and your achievements and forget it, it is God who motivates us to do anything or achieve anything in, in my life. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who in his goodwill toward you begets in you any measure of desire or achievement. Another translation in that scripture says, but God is the one who in it for his good purpose works in you both to desire and to work. I love that scripture. It is him who motivates me to do anything. We'll go to a commentary, John 2, 13 to 25. Deacon Ken's commentary on this. The Passover celebration took place yearly at the temple in Jerusalem. All Jewish males were expected to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem during this time. Jerusalem was both the political and religious seat of Palestine, and it was the place where the expected Messiah was to arrive. The temple in today's reading was built on the same location is the one built by Solomon over a thousand years earlier. One King six tells. The temple tax had to be paid in the local currency, hence the need for money changers. Profits were being made and high interest was very common with money changers. The people needed to make a sin offering, so animals were sold also. The price of sacrificial animals was much higher in the temple area than elsewhere. Jesus was very angry at the dishonesty and greed of the money changers and merchants. Their presence made a mockery of the temple, the place of worship to God, not a marketplace. We need to be sure that our attitude reflects our desire to attend church because it is a place of prayer, worship, and social activities that give varied, varied types of help to the poor and oppressed. Jesus exerted righteous indignation and not uncontrolled rage. It is right to be angry over injustice and sin. And it is wrong to be angry over trivial personal offenses. Jesus's resurrection would prove his authority to drive out the merchants, to heal, to cast out demons, and to forgive sins. We are called to make our temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our body, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, a place that is living and a holy sacrifice that is a place that is a living and holy sacrifice our application the first reading is a call to practical holiness the second reading reveals the messiah is a suffering servant the gospel tells us that our church is meant to be a place of worship 
This week, see what needs to be done by your family to make your church a place of worship. See what needs to be done by you to make your family see you as one who is becoming holy. Then go in the name of Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit in accordance with his Father's will. Do it. I just want to reflect a little bit of just picturing Jesus getting angry. And one other little thing you can think about and reflect on this week. Have you, have you ever provoked God to anger over your use of money? Reflect on this this week also. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time with you. Thank you for your teaching us who you are, a little more of who you are, Lord. You did get angry over sin. And sometimes we have to look at that ourselves. So thank you for this lesson. Thank you for your love. Thank you for going to the cross for us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. See you next week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.